Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Cody and Gold getting set for Super Bowl 58 out in Las Vegas. Coming up a little bit later on today's show, we will talk a little bit about what could happen going forward with the Super Bowl. A lot of ideas are out there. We all know we have plans for Super Bowl Sunday and what that looks like and then the recovery day of a Monday, although usually... Here recently, we've been able to celebrate the day after Super Bowl, but there's an idea that was floated out. We'll get to that. Uh, that was floated out yesterday, so that's coming up. Hope everybody's having a fantastic Wednesday. You guys can hit us up on the Jay Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. Josh Klingler will join us at 1 o'clock today. He just got off the air, and he'll, he'll call back in around 1 o'clock, and he will be, uh, of course, on the field there at Allegiant Stadium. He's been on that field before. Maybe, Cody, he can ease your concerns about the playing conditions later on. Nobody's going to ease my concerns on it. Gonna be garbage again. The NFL is a seven trillion dollar business and just got like an extra three hundred and thirty million dollars in brand value from Taylor Swift. Still doesn't know how grass works. <laughs> well, you put it like that. Look, the Chiefs do, and again, not in their whole history. Yeah, there are times when you can go back to where the Chiefs were spray painting the field green. Yeah, Carl Peterson days. So that yeah. you. So it looked like a field, and it was probably like getting tackled onto a brick of concrete. But now they got to figure it out. So just ask him whatever the hell they did 20 years ago to solve the problem. We'll ask Kling about it in, in the 1 o'clock hour today. Of course, Cody and Gold brought to you by The Farmer's Dog. Info at thefarmersdog.com slash no magic. I think the last two weeks it's been pretty simple. We've discussed who has more pressure, who has more to to, to lose, and, and all that. Well, the Ravens had way more pressure. Absolutely, uh, the Buffalo Bills had way more pressure. We went through the reasons, considering what they were going up against, and at that point they were expected to win. The Chiefs are underdogs again, but you think it's a little bit different this go around heading into the Niners game. So my initial thought when we were going back through it, I think we started saying this when the Bills was like, well, you know what, they're going to have the most pressure. Every other team's going to have the most pressure the rest of the way. was kind of just my generic thought because part of it was like, well, the Lions for sure. That franchise hadn't won something in so long. The desperation that would have kicked in if they had gotten to the Super Bowl was strong. But now that I'm there, now that I'm seeing the two teams, for the first time all postseason, I believe the team with more pressure to win is the Chiefs. Miami had accomplished nothing. The Bills were desperate to keep this window alive, and we mentioned it for the Ravens. I know that your initial inclination is back, but Shanahan doesn't have one. He's got to be that. He's got to get off that best coach to never win it train. He's still young. He's got time for that. There's more pressure in repeating as a Super Bowl champ for the first time in 20 years with your unreal quarterback in a season when it didn't feel like you were supposed to get there. There's more pressure for the Chiefs for the first time all postseason. It took a while. Took all the way to the Super Bowl, but I finally think I'm there. I think it's closer in this game. You know, the other ones were no-brainers. Like, it wasn't, you know, it was clearly the pressure on Buffalo and Baltimore. I, I think it's closer, but I don't think it's definitive that it's the Chiefs. I mean, I actually do think it's a huge deal for Kyle Shanahan. Remember everybody Rob talked? Purdy's got zero agreed. sweat on him. Now, he, can, he has a ton to gain, right, in how sure. legacy and, and how people view him the rest of his career, frankly. But I still think the Kyle Shanahan factor is a huge deal. Now, maybe that pressure doesn't trickle down to the roster. Maybe he's great at, at that. 
But remember how everybody talked about Andy Reid back in 2019 before he had the ring? You know, everybody was rooting for oh, him to get his first one. Oh, yeah. And everybody was saying, Everyone's just like, come on, for Andy. You know, and, I, and you're right. Kyle Shannon's way longer. younger. Kyle yeah. Shannon's way younger. But to me, he's in that same spot as where Andy Reid was at. And there's pressure with that, trying to get your first one. Not to mention, they lost to this, you know, different players. But there's still a lot of similarities. You know, the, the George Kittle was on that team. Obviously, Kelsey and Mahomes were on the team that beat the Niners in, in 2020. So, so Kyle Shanahan does. Like, if I'm just lining them up, we can just talk about them as coaches in a minute. But if I'm lining up Andy versus Shanahan, sure. Shanahan himself has more pressure. But then I look at the rest of the team and who's under pressure for the 49ers. I'm like, well, it's not Purdy. It's definitely not starting quarterback. Mahomes has way more on the line in getting his third Super Bowl ring, being one of five, matching Brady before the age of 30, et cetera, et cetera, all of those things. Then Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, who's just like, isn't that nice? Look at him getting his Super Bowl ring. Now, maybe McCaffrey because... But, like, I mean, does anyone judge running backs based on their Super Bowl rings? Like, I just look at the teams. I'm just like, I just think it means more to repeat as a champion as it does for these guys well, to get there the mean, first time. The only other thing that would make me swing it is for the players that were there for both. If it were the same quarterback, I think I'd feel different about the 49ers. If it were the same quarterback-coach combo, I might agree that the 49ers had more. But because Purdy's a different guy, it feels like it's not the same. Yeah, George Kittle was there. We, was. we saw the mic'd up segments back in 2020 as the game was going on. And he was, you know, after Tyreek Hill caught Jet Chip Wasp and his reaction, you know. And, you know, at the end of the game, you know, not quite Stefan Diggs staring and watching the celebration. But if you go back and yeah. listen to some of the mic'd up stuff, Kittle... Uh, you know, expressing, of course, his d- disappointment in, in not winning. Fred Warner was on that team. I mean, they, you know, there there are still similar enough pieces that I do think there's a little bit of, hey, th- this team beat us a couple of years ago. It is definitely much closer because you're talking true dynasty and back-to-back for the first time on, on Kansas City side. But I, I would argue, it's to me, it's pretty equal for, for both of these teams, whereas before you could have said definitively all the pressure was on Lamar Jackson in the AFC title game. Ravens are at home and all that. This is a neutral site game, so you don't have that anyway. Um, Mahomes, may, maybe, you know, is there pressure on him individually and he feels it. But I'm just talking about, like, a, as a team, I still think the Chiefs are viewing themselves as underdogs. I mean, technically, they, they, are. they are, right? I mean, by the by the book, I can't believe they are an underdog, but it's back up to two-point underdogs. This is the fifth time in the last six playoff games they have been underdogs. They've won all those games, by the way. Yeah. I just All the other ones, they won all those. Right. If you remember, they won the Super Bowl. They've been an underdog in five of the last six playoff games. So maybe they're just embracing that part, like that end of it. I guess the only other thing that would be questioned about the pressure related to these two that would make you swing to the 49ers would be Everyone has thought that they're the best team all year. What comes with that? What comes with if you had taken a straw poll at the end of the regular season and we said, who is the best team in the NFL of the 100 people we would have polled on the street or NFL executives, 80, 75, I don't know what number it would have been, but a pretty high percentage would have said the 49ers because of Ayuk and Debo and Christian McCaffrey and the absolute endless talent they seemingly have on offense, a lot of people would have said that. Well, and you're right. The, the Niners probably post Chiefs lost to the Lions. So post week one, post Thursday yeah. night to open up the season. That's since then, the Niners were the team that everybody along with the Ravens were the two teams. Everybody thought we're going to go to the Super Bowl and win. The Chiefs were, let's not forget, they were the preseason favorite. It doesn't feel like that because so quickly they lost. No, that changed but, a lot. And, and the Chiefs are trying to become the, the fourth team since 1995 to be the preseason Super Bowl favorite to win. It normally doesn't happen. They, like in, in the years where the Chiefs have won, they, it's only happened three times, period, since 1995 that a team that back in, yes, back in August, that they were preseason favorites. That went away quickly once they lost to the Lions and then the rest is history. But it is kind of interesting to your point, you know, probably if we would have checked in in week four, if we would have checked in in week eight, week 12, most people always would have said, oh, the Niners are winning the Super Bowl. It's just so funny because like if you look at it in an individual season, if these are just two teams who had the seasons they had, it'd be the Niners. But because the Chiefs are playing for the big boy things, dynasty, back-to-back champ, you know, like the same conversation we had a little bit last week, which is, they're playing for these big ethereal things. They're not tangible as in what happened in the season or the talent based on each team. They are these like, we're a dynasty. You know, you're going to print up the shirts or whatever. And if you win, you'd be the first team to, you know, not the first team, but you'd, you could have a shot to be the first team ever to win three in a row or all the things that kind of come with those type of things. And that would add a completely different type of pressure. But no, I, 
I, I, I'm not saying it's a landslide because I thought in the last two matchups with the Ravens and the Bills, it was not close. The Chiefs somehow, despite being defending Super Bowl champions with a team with significantly less pressure on their back, Chiefs were on the road, people would count them out a big chunk of the season. Easy breezy, right? And this is the first time where I think you and I both have been like, well, it's close. Whether you take the Chiefs side or the 49ers side, there feels like there's big implications on either side of the coin for these teams. It just feels like what level of which you're playing at. The 49ers are just trying to get across the goal line once. The Chiefs are trying to complete this just multiple trip run across it. Yeah, I I, I just think that the Chiefs probably will continue to do a good job of, in their own right, in their own mind, be able to take the pressure off just because they still probably view they everybody. They the underdog. Yeah, yeah they, people have, they're still going to go back to, to how people were discussing this team a month ago and, and wrote this team off. And I think that's something they will continue to, to feed off of, even if, yes, there are major historical implications to a Super Bowl win. We, uh, we'll see, I guess, who has more on that time. I can't believe the Chiefs are an underdog again. Like, in a way, I can because the 49ers are the better team. But at some point, generally, you expect betting markets to catch up with results. And the results are the Chiefs have been yeah. underdogs in five of the last six games and, and have, well, this one included. So four of the last five that they've played, and they've won all five of those games. At some point, you expect it to be like, you know, the people yeah, not, putting the, the, money into the table to go on the, the other side. Not, not Vegas necessarily. I understand why they set the line they yeah. do. But at some point, you expect the money coming to the other side. Like we talked about Circa. Circa couldn't convince a soul to put a dollar on the Chiefs and eventually spread the line out to five as a result of that, and the Chiefs won yeah. handily by by a lot, right? You know, so it's just like, it's so funny. Yeah, the Niners were the the only team all year that was a favorite every week, every week, the entire season, the only team. Up until the Week 18 game, like you were saying, the Chiefs were and the Niners were the two only teams that, the only two teams that were favorites all week, all season. But yeah, the Niners have been a favorite in literally every single game this year. Must be nice. More pressure, right? We're going to put it on them instead of us now, I guess, at least on that side. Which brings us to the inevitable question when it comes to this game anyway. Something I'm sure we will ask guests on Radio Road next week, which is, do we buy into Purdy? I mean, let's just be honest here. Because that is the going conversation nationally, and a fair one, I think, across the board. I don't have to play the clip because it's a little bit long, but Alex Smith was like, hey, don't put him in the game manager conversation. I'll be honest. I'm still so-so on Purdy. Like, I don't think it's unfair to be like, well, what he's supposed to do is win with a bunch of talent. Like, he doesn't just have some talent. He has all pros at every position. He has not been very good in the first half of these games. He keeps sinking himself into a deep hole in these playoff games, despite the fact what we just said. Everyone thinks he's the best team. You know what I think he is? He's probably as good as most... 10 to 14 ranked starting quarterbacks like that we mentioned. Like, he's probably as good as someone like Kirk Cousins. And he happens to be on an extraordinarily talented team with a great head coach. But Purdy himself, this is the biggest mismatch outside of Tua the Chiefs have had at quarterback. Mahomes is way better than Purdy. During the playoff run? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, not during the regular season. Then I had to toss him like Aiden yeah. O'Connell or some of those losers. No, it's uh, he didn't deserve that. Ain't no kind of doing anything to me. I'm sorry, man. Um, but when you go back, like Josh Allen is a way better quarterback than Purdy. Lamar Jackson's a way better yeah, quarterback than Purdy. Tua's just as good as Purdy. Like this feels like a a big not, mismatch not, in the quarterback department. Well, of course it is. I mean, in fairness, and even to Brock Purdy, you're always gonna. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, so there is always gonna be a mismatch. I know, but it's not. This but, is like he's 98 percent, and that two percent yeah. is different. It's like. He's 60% yeah. of the man. No, I, I mean, I love the fact that Steve Spagnuolo gets two weeks to scheme something up against Brock Purdy. There's no doubt. I, I will say to Brock Purdy's credit, you know, you, we, we can't sit here, in my opinion, and, and say game manager and that the defense or that the stars are dragging Brock Purdy to the Super Bowl. In both games, the, the divisional round game and this past weekend's championship weekend game uh, for the 49ers, Brock Purdy did go out and win the game for his team. Like, he did. You're, you're correct that, look, he's got it unbelievable amount of talent. Nobody has more talent around yeah, than you football. really helped but, him in the last one. But when you see whether it was scrambling or otherwise, I mean, Brock Purdy made plays now in the first half. If he has first halves, like he did in the, the last two rounds, they will be eliminated and the chiefs will roll towards another super bowl. But he has been much better than a, than a 
game manager, in my opinion, in the second half of these big-time moments. I was trying to think when you said quarterbacks of the, that Mahomes has faced. So then I was backing up, and I was going back to all these runs. And I was trying to think, where would Brock Purdy rank amongst rank all quarterbacks all, he's so, faced so in the go, playoffs? So obviously he, in the Super Bowls, because he's got a oh, lot of those, too. I, yeah, we, I, I mean, just the, the playoff runs, okay? So, I, you know, the ones that come to mind, obviously, Baker Mayfield, at one point, he played against. Deshaun um, Watson. Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson, no matter how we feel that about him. good, Deshaun. I was going to say, Damn. no matter how we feel about him, Deshaun Watson, he's, uh, so I'm, like, it's Brock Purdy the worst one. Which is, he, you know, so Tua, the names that come to mind where you're, you at least have a conversation. Tua. Baker Mayfield, Tua. I'm trying, honestly, try, try, in the Super Bowl. Well, he's gotten Allen and Burrow a bunch. Yeah, yep. so he's like, now played Lamar. He played Brady in a Super Bowl. He played Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill in an AFC title I, game. I put him above I mean, he's Ryan on, Tannehill, though, it's he's funny. He's Tannehill, right? You and, I, mean, come on. you and I had a conversation that year, I remember, because we were taking a look at Ryan Tannehill's numbers, and we were we were talking about, like, how has he actually been as – Ryan Tannehill was actually playing really, really good football heading into that game. I know in hindsight it looks weird because Ryan Tannehill lost his job to Will Levis this season. But go back to how Ryan Tannehill was playing and that team was playing. Yes, what I I think Brock Purdy, yes, is probably the, the correct answer. But if Ryan Tannehill had all, had all this talent around him, would, would Ryan Tannehill have had more success? Would we be talking better about him? It's uh, a good point, I think. Tannehill's a little underrated for just like he was a pretty good quarterback for a number of years in the league. But he falls kind of into that same cat. There was a lot of talent there in Tennessee when he was winning and Vrabel was a really good coach, but... Who's below Purdy of all the playoff quarterbacks? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker. I would still put below. I put Baker below him. I mean, Baker, like, I know okay. he just had a good year, but, like, overall, uh, yeah. Purdy's last two years are as good as any two-year run Baker's put together. I don't think And he's guy, already in the Super Bowl. And this might end up being a clip you can play five years from now and I'll you look don't like... You think he's Well, no, and I'll look like an idiot. No, I was going to say... I, I don't think the difference between Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo heading into the Super Bowl is all that different. I don't think it is either. Um, and you know my feelings on Jimmy G. <laughs> you know what? As a matter of fact, I've thought about it. You asked me who the worst quarterback they face in any of these playoff runs. I've got my answer. Jimmy G. That idiot. That guy, he did deserve everything I've said about him on the wow. air. Oh, come on. I've, I've never, and all the time I've covered sports radio since about a decade, I have never seen a quarterback more inflated based on what he accomplished on the field than Jimmy G. They talked about him the entire time he was a starter. Like, he might have been a 7 to 10 best starters in the NFL. Is that not what's he put happening together, for Brock Purdy? He put together, like, one singular decent NFL season amongst 17 injured ones. Maybe. But Brock Purdy, like, the I difference between him and Jimmy G is Brock Purdy's doing it right away. There's a big difference between when you immediately succeed oh, sometimes Jimmy Garoppolo was behind Jimmy, Brady Jimmy, Yeah, I was about to say, Jimmy years. G didn't get in the league until what? He wasn't a regular starter until he was like 28. Or well, how many like times has Jimmy G gone? Like, Because Brock, to his credit, as you said, Gold, has in the moment been able to deliver a drive to get – I don't think Jimmy G, at least to my knowledge right. – I mean, I, I, I mean, think, the regular season, I mean, it was 13-3 and three that one year that they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I mean, if Brock wins, obviously he's in that con- – he's going to be in that conversation. To me, I think Brock, Brock Purdy's fine. You know, he, he he's a solid quarterback. But – He's pretty much he matching did, Jimmy G's best. That, that throw, yeah, that, yeah. that that catch by Ayuk should have been intercepted. Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo had one postseason game-winning drive. It was back in 2022 against That's the it? Packers in a 13-10 win. Other than that, he had four, thir- 13 fourth-quarter comebacks, 13 game-winning drives. Uh, Purdy gets away with more because he's got all the talent around him, I think, I th- than other quarterbacks do, which is why he's in the position. He, he, he gets the drive to win the game, but without the defense and without some luck going his way, particularly in that Lions game, they're not even in that position. In the, like, they're not there to win because of him. He delivered, yeah. but they're not there because of Brock Purdy. Someone I said, what the, about Big Ben when he was just, like, yeah. destitute? That's not the, like current yeah. Big Ben. Not, not they, prime Big Ben. They got Big Ben when he was, like, when they wheels to come off. Yeah, when they faced him, he probably is the answer of the worst quarterback at that point in time in his career, just, what, two years ago or whatever that was. Yeah, that, that's actually probably the answer of the worst, considering where he was in his career. If Deep down, if you made me pick... Like, do I think Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, probably. I don't think there's much of a difference, though. Like, I think it's pretty. I think it's a small difference between the two. I well, I mean, then we should be feeling fantastic well, do, about I this matchup. Feel, well, I do. I do feel I great. Should be this is. Good. I'll say this. I, in a weird way, I feel bad for Kyle Shanahan because I think it is still a very real question. To be like, what if you put Kyle Shanahan, the offensive mind, with high level quarterback play? Like, let's just say. Herbert or better. 
Like, you got one of those dudes somewhere right. higher than that. We may never know that answer because Brock Purdy already getting to the Super Bowl probably ensures him a little time there in San Francisco, which means you're right back to just healthy Jimmy G. That's what Brock Purdy probably is. He's healthy Jimmy G. He's on the field, Jimmy G. Will they still compete because Kyle Shanahan's a great coach? Yeah, probably. He's made every quarterback look good in that system. Yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan's a terrific coach, but we just mentioned you you asked the question, what would happen if he had this high-level quarterback? I, I think he would be probably in position to win a Super Bowl every year as well. But at the same time, if you're paying a quarterback $45 million a year, then they probably aren't having Debo and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Trent Williams and Fred Warner, who are all making top five money at their position. Probably not having those guys on your roster Bosa, together. Yeah. Bosa, yeah. thank you. Yeah, Bosa as well. Add him to the mix. Like They're one of the they're only loaded. They No, it's a ridiculous roster. They're also got a quarterback on a rookie contract. That's the beautiful thing. Like I do like the conversation around the different quarterbacks because everyone's like Tannehill was pretty good, you know. When he had he was that AJ year. Brown that year he was. he was God that was a good team though. They just had a lot of talent. Vrabel's a really good coach. I want to call him. I I think this is too disrespectful to Brock actually, but he might be a better version of Andy Dalton, 2015 Andy Dalton. Because Andy I feel Dalton like disrespect to Andy Dalton was like a 15 year, it's like a 10 year starter. I know, I know, but the the, the consensus around it, like Brock, I think he he's Andy Dalton could never give you a drive to win you the game. Oh, wait, so well, maybe that's Brock Purdy. But in 2015, Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis, not Kyle Shanahan. True, and but. In 2015, Andy Dalton was one of the top guys for the MVP. Then he hurt his thumb, never played the rest of the year. They lost in the playoffs. But he had A.J. Green. You know, they had young Tyler Boyd. They had a solid roster, not as good as the Niners. I, I don't. I feel like Brock is a little bit better than Andy Dalton. But hit, Ryan Tannehill and Andy Dalton are in that same breath to me. The only time Andy Dalton threw as many play. passing touchdowns as Purdy did this year was his third year in the league. But he also threw 20 interceptions. Yeah. What a different time the league was. Nobody throws 20 picks anymore, unless your name is Jameis Winston. Nobody, nobody out there, nobody's <laughs> out there, not in modern NFL. No one's throwing 20 anymore. Correct. That was a little more common back in 2000, somehow only 10 years ago. The 2013, league, league that was different. a little more common. Yeah, the league has changed in, in a huge, huge way. Not only with quarterback talent, that young quarterback talent, but just the way the game is called and officiated, all of it. I know that we already know that there's a big quarterback advantage. There was one small stat I saw yesterday that actually gave me gave me a little bit excited. You said you're excited because Steve Spagnuolo's got two weeks to dial yeah. stuff up for Brock Purdy. I'm excited on the opposite end. Andy Reid's got two weeks to figure out the 49ers defense. And normally you'd be like, well, that's a really good defense. Why is that an advantage? Because the 49ers statistically do the least creative stuff in the NFL. They are the most we are set in defense, and we do not move off of what we are set on defense in the NFL, which means, let's just say it's cover two. They just stay in that 80% of the time. That's who they are defensively. That's what you're going up defensively. And as some people were correctly pointing out, that's where Ben Johnson took real advantage against the 49ers, especially in that first half of the game. Oh, you're lined up the same way every time. I'm a very good offensive coach. I'll figure out exactly where to attack you. You're telling me Andy Reid's got two weeks to figure out a defense that doesn't do anything exotic? That feels like a massive advantage for the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, my get, I mean, you would have to think on the other side, though. They'd the be thinking a little different? Two, yeah. two weeks, you would think they recognize they're going to have to have some different looks that they haven't shown on film all year. I think it goes both ways. You're correct. They're like, you look at how they perform, that should be an area the Chiefs can attack. But, I mean, I would like to think the 49ers are smart enough that if we're all figuring this out and we're all looking at this, that they're smart enough to realize, yeah, we probably have to have some different looks than we've shown all year defensively. Now, whether it works or not, that's up for debate. We'll find out on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but my guess is they will have some adjustments on top of it. Like, do not be surprised if you're listening to Jim Nance and Romo and it's the second quarter and he's going to say, Jim, I haven't seen that look all year. Because he hasn't watched the film, or no, because they haven't done because it. Because they haven't done it all Jim. year. Uh, Jim. Oh, you man, you I, don't want to do that uh, impersonation again? No, that was not a good one. It was terrible. That was all right. Realized, you just got to really like, hit like, the gym. That's the most yeah, important I, part. Of I it. realized halfway through, I was like, yeah, could have done better. Poor effort. Poor effort on that. The point being, that's what that's what will happen during the Super Bowl. There will be probably a time where they show something they haven't, and uh, Tony Romo will go nuts. And you guys get sick of Romo yet? Oh, I've been sick. We we um, I think we've been wow, sick of him collectively. Well, I mean, this is three straight games that would be called by well, Jim Nance and Tony Romo. I, I, I got right? sick and tired of the 
Chase is on the case, Jim, and everything. Every, it didn't matter whether it was Jamar Chase, Chase uh, Young, yeah. anybody. Uh, well, the the one the that got me a couple weeks ago was I think it was the Dolphins game, and they like scored one touch. He's like, oh no, the Bills game. The Bills scored once, and he's like, they're in trouble. Chiefs can be in yeah, real right. trouble here. They don't score. I'm like, it's the first quarter, Tony. Chill. <laughs> Relax a little. <laughs> the, uh, the the other part, the honest thing in a broadcasting, you guys probably saw yesterday, Tom Brady was doing his little media tour yesterday because he just announced his TB12 brand is merging with Noble. And uh, he was talking about it. And it, it brings to light more and more. Greg Olson's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Really and, good. And then he's getting kicked to the curb, or at least to the number two crew. So Brady walks in. Talking about, you, you asked pressure. And I'm sure Tom Brady will be great, but everybody thinks Greg Olson's phenomenal. If Tom Brady were to flop, which is just hard to imagine him not being good as a color commentator. Yeah. But that that's the one to watch next year. Who's Greg Olson going to? I feel bummed Greg Olson is going to be on that main cast. He's probably going to be the number two. And then my guess is what? When his contract expires, he'll go replace somebody, uh, you know, Sunday night. Maybe Collinsworth retires in five years. I, I don't know. You know, maybe he replaces Collinsworth mm. or he does, you know, when, when, when all the games are on Peacock, maybe he does the Peacock games, you know, just to irritate people. <laughs> I mean, I'll take him. He's who's a good the, broadcaster. Who, who's the number two at Fox anyways? Is, is, uh, uh, right now? Yeah. I don't know who the number two crew is. Joe Davis? Cause no, Joe play, does, you mean play-by-play? Play? Yeah, play, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking well, about color commentator. Well, I know. I, I meant play-by. Who, who would he be partnered with, essentially? If he, it might if, be Joe Davis, yeah. It might be Joe He's Davis. the one who I can... Think of. Someone says they hate Paw Patrol because of Romo. What's the story there? Am I missing something? I don't. <laughs> My kids don't watch. What's the story? Am I missing something on that one? I haven't heard anything. I don't know if there's a backstory to that. Please explain more. Has he referenced line. it? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll explore that one some more. During the break, our NFL playoff coverage on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drink, scenic views. Up next, though, one thing Travis Kelsey said after the game that got Cody way excited about the long-term impact that Kelsey could still have. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. So, the text line, very quick to explain why that someone was on me. I feel like that should have been I, my wheelhouse. Look, I didn't know it, so that's fine. But I, I thought, you know, you being the dad on the show would have us covered on kids' television. Yeah. I also thought yeah. Drew, who was the one that brought up Chase <laughs> is on the case, would know the reference. Chase is on the case. It turns out it's from Paw Patrol, Drew. I did not know that. All I know is that Jamar Chase, Chase is on the case. In that game where he had 266 yards, Tony Romo said it at least five times. At least every single time he touched the ball, it was chases on the case, and it was so annoying. Romo's kids must Your love kids Paw Patrol. Not watch Paw Patrol. Oh my Never goodness. watched it. Is it so? Is, if you need to know anything about Smash Brothers on the Switch right now, I got you covered. Is it because Paw if you Patrol, need to know, are they too old, young, or just not there? Like, what's the I just didn't hit? Okay, so there are a thousand different kid shows available. Um, that one just never hit with the kids. Currently, my younger one is into Bluey. And then my older daughter, it's a couple of different shows. But Bluey is the, the one that's been hitting. When I have kids, they're not watching this. They're not, wa- they're they're not, not watching, watching Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. No. I'm, I'm <laughs> they gonna might be around when you have kids. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. But I, it, this would play, and I, I would get frustrated. I'd be like, yeah, come on. I think it's else. more for, like, younger kids. Maybe, like, three to six or, you okay. know, like, whatever. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's for, like, my daughter's age now. I think she's more into, like, different shows than that one now. Makes sense. But Paw Patrol's been around for a while. Yeah, it's had a run. 
Look, we got some PJ masks. There was some other stuff that hit that would have been the same range as that. We just didn't hit Paw Patrol. Mm. It says Bluey is funny for a kid's show. Never heard of it. It is. It's about a family of blue healers. Bluey being the oldest daughter. Okay. And Bingo. Okay. And Bandit is uh-huh. the dad. What's the mom's name? God, I should know that. This is where at least I can cover it a little bit. Damn, I don't remember the mom's name. It doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Close well, enough. now we got it covered. Now we've all educated ourselves. Well, our listeners already knew. Just Text the three, the three, Why the three, not on the, Twitch? The three Chili of us. Is the, mom. the three of us just didn't know. The three of us just didn't know. Glad we got, glad we got that covered. Like, I like the text. I'm going to be like, come on, man. Her name's Chili, dude. Like, you just got to know that. Like, I mean, just get on your game. We're all watching the same stuff. Uh, people are giving Drew a hard time for the chases on the case thing and also saying that Drew is from Indy, likes the Bengals, lives in KC. They'd like to congratulate Drew on his future children being Jets fans. I'll tell you right now, Drew, That's if, great. if you and Bree stay in this town and you have a kid together, you should accept the fact now that your kid is likely to be a Chiefs fan. My yeah, brother, I, I've said this on here before, my, my younger brother grew up, my dad was a Broncos fan, my younger brother grew up a Broncos fan because of that. So he's been a Broncos fan his whole life. His kids, Chiefs fans. And it's not its not short of him putting them in Broncos gear, trying to get them interested in Broncos stuff their entire life. But guess what? They're four and seven. And guess who the quarterback of the Chiefs is? It's Patrick Mahomes. Can't win. <laughs> you absolutely cannot win that battle. You've lost. He lives in Kansas City, and the team in Kansas City has the best quarterback on the planet. It's over. Yeah, that's why Chiefs fans are all over. I mean, it's, it's not so much that... When we, when we see these road games and we're like, man, look at all the Chiefs fans that traveled to blank city. Yeah, Chiefs fans no doubt travel, but also there's just a ton more Chiefs fans in all these cities. To your point, Cody, if you're a younger kid and you're growing up and you just like football, who's the most fun quarterback to watch? Now, maybe your parents try to train you to just hate the Chiefs. I get no, it's that. It's like, like an MJ, you know, man. It's like just, as a you know, kid. Yeah, unless you're a Cincinnati. If you're growing up in Cincinnati, obviously you're not gonna you're not gonna like Mahomes. I, I will not it, tell my kids to not cheer for the Chiefs. They can cheer for whoever they want to. But all all, all I know is that I would we'll cheer see. for the Bengals we'll see. and that'll be it. As long look, I would rather them cheer for the Chiefs than the Steelers, the Browns, <laughs> the Ravens. There's Go a ahead. couple teams you'll tell them not to. Just. Yes. Please do not be a Ravens or a Steelers fan. Please. Would have been an easy one to at least be on that on uh, on that category. Boy, we got really sidetracked by Blue. Yeah, a- after it doesn't matter. A- after, um, the, after the AFC title game, though, there was some more and more sound keeps coming out. Right, the mic'd up stuff. Yeah, and, I love the mic'd up stuff. Travis Kelsey was part of that. Uh huh. Uh huh. And uh, you, I think everyone at the station is aware of my stance on Travis Kelsey and his ageless nature. Cody says he will be get playing till he's forty-five. Get a hold of this comment right after the game. Boy, it's interesting. He's thirty-four. You said he played at least forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> I love y'all boys. Love you, brother. Love y'all boys. There she is. Las Vegas, Nevada. Love you, brother. Damn, it never gets old, man. Hell no. Never gets old. It never gets old. Makes you feel younger, baby. I can do this a whole nother ten, eleven years, baby. I could go do this a whole nother ten or eleven years. Is what you hear at the end there, dude. These Super Bowl runs are gonna keep Travis Kelsey going forever. He's not leaving before they're done winning Super Bowls, right? He's just going to keep as the good times going. As, if this is a Super Bowl contending team, why would Travis leave? As long as he's able to have the impact he's having, which is is playing like a Hall of Fame tight end again come playoff time. As long as he's doing that, then, yeah, I think he keeps playing. You and I, where we have differed, is whether or not you think he'll always be a thousand. Well, he wasn't even this year, but you, you thought he would always be a thousand yard receiver the rest of his career. They don't need that. Like he can play another three years. They don't need him to be a thousand yard. Receiver. They need come playoff time. This dude who's playing like the best tight end, which he is, I know what's in, f- in NFL history. Like it, it always feels like when we talk about this, we should not diminish his regular season. It was worse by his standards than it was right. by normal standards. He was still second in the NFL in receiving yardage, third in receptions. You know, like I, I, I don't have to go through the stats. He was essentially the best tight end in football again. People would be like, wow, what a season by George. He finished like 40 yards behind him, and he took a game off. He played two less games than George Kittle, actually, because of the you know the injury. So, like, it's not – like, he could yeah. have gone in there for the 1,000 if we really wanted him to. Yeah, he but didn't. we're confl- – so, again, I, I think the outside – We're saying he was so much better than everyone else. Being, like, just as good as the best tight ends is still a downgrade for him. Yeah, but look, he's he's judged on a different scale. I, all, all that matters going forward. Let, let's say he plays another two years or he plays another four years. It's not – it's not whether or not he's going to be a thousand yard receiver. It's whether or not 
in the big moments, can he still do what he just did, which sure. is make ridiculous catches, make the tough catch that only he can make. That's the kind of stuff that actually matters, which is why I still think whether it's next year or the year after, Cody, it, it is very important for them still to go into next year and the year after not counting on a thousand yard season from their tight end the way they would have prior. And you're right. He was only 16 yards yeah. short this year. But if we're going to have the com- conversation about being short of a thousand, I know we're using it in your case, I guess a positive, like he played in less games and he still almost did it. Yeah. But that's, that's the whole conversation people were having is that he might not be available for as sure. many games. Like, so but there's I feel a like it'd be different if it was like an injury, like in a weird way, it'd be different if it was an injury that seemed related to his age. Yeah. Like, in a way, he just had a hyperextension. That could happen to a guy who's 22 years old. Sure. It bothered him all The question is, do you year. have more, right? And yeah. Th- th- and to this point, it was just that right. run, really, other than, yeah. like, I'm sure he's dealing with other stuff just like anyone else. Yeah. Where his body hurts from being beat up. I don't think that that's out and of the I don't question. think he's retiring and you're playing at this level. Why? You're right. Why Why would you retire? You have, if you're going to continue to rack up some rings, which is you, have, you got a chance to add to a, another one. But I, I, I think for the organization, they just have to operate in the off seasons differently. Like I don't believe you can just go into next season and assume that Travis Kelsey is going to do this all next year. I I don't think you can assume that from a planning perspective, long-term, like I still think they should consider, you know, a lot of people want it. They're not going to be high enough to draft the Brock Bowers type, but like they should still consider opportunities that exist in the second or third round. If there's a tight end that they really like, I don't think we've ever, I don't know that you've ever stated. How long do you think Travis Kelsey plays? What do you think is his last How year? How is he now? NFL? Mine was always an he's age thing. He's 34 years old. Yeah, I thought by 36 he'd be out of the league. That's the end of his contract. I think he's through the 2025 yeah, that season. Been, that might have been so he's why got, I said that. He's got a full two years left on his yeah. deal after this one's done. So, I mean, I think, think he's definitely seen. I think, he, I think he signs one more after that one. I yeah. think at the end of next year he gets the little, like, um, friendly one to two year add-on, and there's another year or two after that one. No, I don't actually think he's playing until he's 45 years old. No, I don't think he's playing 11 more NFL seasons. But I have stood, and I stand by the fact that I think he'll still go out playing this level of football. I think he'll go out the rest of the way playing this. I don't think he'll ever dip back down to 675. And I'm basing that largely on one person, Tony G, who was still a very, very productive tight end all the way to the end. He was still getting 850, 900 yards at 38 years old. I just think what skills he possess, parts of it don't age. For him not to have his final year be to me a 700 yard season, then then he it, it can't be the another two years after the current contract though. Like sure. you're uh, 36, you're you're saying you think he plays two more after. So you th- you're saying you th- you think he plays till he's 38. Yeah. I'm saying at that point in time, that would be when you're in serious danger of not finishing the way you think he's going to finish. And I understand you're quickly googling. You're going to pull up Tony Gonzalez. No, at age I was just trying to remember the exact number. I thought it was yeah. like 850. But when you when you are going to thirty seven and it was eight fifty nine at like, thirty six it was nine thirty yeah like I I think play out the current contract and then if you also think Travis Kelsey's finishing his career in Kansas City I'm not so sure that there's two more years after this next contract coming I, think, I don't know I what. think his contract and Andy's end at the the one that they're Dude, currently on I think it ends at the same time even more. that'll be that'll be interesting too we're gonna go to the Hall of Fame together yeah I mean he, he, we always talk about entering with his brother instead he's just gonna enter it. And we still haven't heard more from Jason. He hasn't given an official announcement. There was some, was it a rumor or a report? I don't even want to call it yesterday that suggested that, oh, Jason said that after watching his brother get to another Super Bowl, it kind of got his juices flowing again. But I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was a direct quote from him as much as that was uh, one of the aggregate social media accounts that was pushing that out there. But uh, we'll see, man. Like he's, of course, right now playing his, in the, this playoff run, this is the Travis Kelsey for his entire career. I mean, this, this is what he does. I mean, again, he's a tremendous playoff performer who puts up absolutely incredible stats. He also came to the aid of one Patrick Mahomes. Came to his defense from the evil villain, apparently, of the AFC (laughs) title game, which was, of course, Justin Tucker. Mahomes was on the drive yesterday, and for the first time, he addressed the Justin Tucker at the goal line incident. It became a bigger deal than I think it actually was, but at the same time, I mean, I've had like seven years of, of kind of doing that same warm-up routine, and there's only been, a, I think, like three occasions where there's been a kicker that wasn't uh, – because uh, you don't usually talk to the guys, so there's been a kicker that wasn't necessarily moving out the way or you, kind of, you weren't kind of sharing the field um, in the right way. And, I mean, it was in Baltimore all three times. So um, I, he does that little stuff, I think, to try to get under our skin. And I asked him to move his stuff, and he, and he got up and moved it, I think, two inches. Um, but but didn't move it out of the way, and I I, I was gonna kind of let it slide, but Travis kind of got it and moved it for me, and then after that I wasn't gonna let him put it back down. So it's it's something that we we move on. I mean I have a lot of respect for him as a player and as a kicker, um, one of the best kickers of all time, probably the best kicker of all time. But 
at the same time, you got to have respect for each team, and we all share the field, and we we try to do that in a respectful way. I mean, that's not exactly taking the blame off of Justin Tucker, there, is it? Well, he mentions in the you know he mentioned as we talked with Carrington with that cut there, like the only time it's happened is him. I was against Baltimore, and by the way, the only kicker in Baltimore since Patrick Mahomes has been in the league is Justin Tucker. So only Correct. Justin Tucker tries to get under the skin of players, tries to be a pain in the ass during warmups. We played the cut yesterday of, of Justin Tucker trying to act like, oh, I was just joking around. No, he knows what he's doing. He got caught, right? It backfired. It blew up in his face. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey went out there and were as locked in as ever and kicked your team's ass from the start. And you got to eat that if you're Justin Tucker. And then Travis Kelsey was talking about it as well. New Heights podcast, new today. <laughs> uh-huh. This cut is phenomenal. This is You may not have heard this one yet. The other team's designated area you kind of stay out of their way. You know, you you don't you don't interfere with what they have going on. That is the unwritten rule. That's the unwritten rule. If you want to be a fucking dick about it, you keep your helmet and your football oh, and your really. kicking tee <laughs> right where the quarterbacks are warming up and they're yeah. dropping eyes are looking left and they got a, a helmet down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous really, but like if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you. If you're going to be a dick, I promise you I can. <laughs> I can one-up you every time, dude. I just kind of love, I love the the attitude of like, look, if you're going to be a jerk about this, that's not the word he used, but if you're going to be a jerk about this, I can be a jerk about it. Like nothing about Travis Kelsey's career suggests that he'll just put up with nonsense. How about that? Like the entire time, by the way, one of the things we could have talked about in the Travis Kelsey retirement thing was, is as much as winning the Super Bowl gets him juiced up, I'm still pretty sure St. Joe just gets him in such a sour mood. He's thinking about football being over by the time that that thing's done. Tucker was one is 100% to blame for this. 100% to blame of for course. this. Um, because listen to the comments from Patrick Mahomes, who for the most part avoids saying, Patrick Mahomes is actually really good at this, so is Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes almost never says anything critical about anyone ever. That's why it was such a big deal that he had the that he against the Bills, yeah. The, the way he reacted about the Bills after about the refs in the Bills game after is that he almost never says any negative, and he puts it on Justin Tucker there. That's as close as he gets to putting it on Justin Tucker, doesn't he? Of course, he when said it saying, only happens. It's happened three times in Mahomes' entire career, and it's always happened against Baltimore. And that's that's all you need to hear. No other kicker really does that. Just one, Justin Tucker. I don't know if he does it to other teams. He just does it when it's Mahomes. Just he thinks that that's what he needs to do. I don't know. The Chiefs play the Baltimore Ravens at Arrowhead next year, by the way. I guess we should be looking forward to that again. <laughs> because here we go again. I just, I look back at this whole situation, and Mahomes is probably right. Like, where had you not caught it, it was not a huge deal in the moment. Be like, come on, man, just get out of the way. Stop doing this. Get out of the way. We're not trying to play this game with you. But it's also just like, why are you like, this is not the only run in just to be clear that he's had. It's just not. It's yeah. not the only run in he's had. If you're going to be a dick, I promise you, I can, <laughs> I can one up you every time. dude. <laughs> That's just a good actually attitude for life. I think, look, if you're going to be, if you're going to suck about this, then I'll just, I'll take it to another level. Yeah. Right? Screw the high road. Yeah. That's what pretty much Travis Kelsey's we'll, uh, telling we'll you. Work on, we'll work on the bleeps on the uh, the other clip, I think, before we play that, that last one again. It has one, been fixed. I think one uh, slipped through there. <clears throat> it, it was happens. lowered all the way down, yeah. I promise. Uh-huh. I'd have to hear it again. <laughs> it has been fixed. It, it was a little you bit hollow. Made a fa- you made a face that was like... It was hollow. And I was like, oh, man, I wasn't totally sure. Uh-huh. I'll have to... <laughs> In the headphones, yeah, it was, it was a little bit more... Uh, uh-huh. It's been fixed now, though. It was probably fine. Uh, it's been we'll, fixed. I doubt the we'll assume, we'll assume it was totally fine. If Drew doesn't make it to Vegas, we know why, right? Like, if for some reason now he's not allowed that. to go and, I don't think that's how that and works. Rob's with us or I something. I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's ask. Ask hey, Next time you see Dusty, ask him what happens. Mm. You get something FedEx to you overnight. Direct from the FCC. That's what happens. Now we got Patrick on Twitter complaining about how inside the NFL did him because well you saw it last night that yeah that photo of him made him look well it's a screenshot of a clip that inside <sighs> the NFL put out inside the NFL nowadays is on like the CW it's weird made um, him look a little but, round but he's uh, he's in the locker room obviously like it's a locker room right so his shirt's off he's talking to the team and it's a side angle 
It's not a flattering <laughs> it's a, angle. It's a side angle, and he's got a little belly. He's got it's, it's so everybody's making the dad bod joke. We know even, he's in better shape than that. Obviously, but come on. Um, but it, it's it's great. He's having fun with it on on Twitter, and he he is he is a dad. He's got two kids, you know. But it made a lot of people, I think, feel good about themselves. They're like, see, the best quarterback and one of the best athletes on earth has kind of a dad bod. He doesn't you know? look like. Not everybody looks like Chiseled. DK Metcalf when yeah. they take their shirt off. Yeah. Just also, absolute washboard. Also, you know, it's like for him, truly, you know, why is he able to withstand hits and stuff? Like some, there's actually been science behind this, I guess, where like you, you as a quarterback, you actually don't want to be just shredded. You want to have a little. It was the golfer thing for a while. You know, they yeah, all you got have really a little, shredded for a while. They're like maybe a little I'm, less shredded. Well, I'm talking about just like from yeah. f- flexibility and taking hits and all that. Like you don't want to just be completely shredded as your quarterback. You, you need a little, you know, you need a little, little cushion, a little cushion. <laughs> you know? It was a total, like the, the, the phone, everybody immediately, the dad bod jokes immediately. He's got a little, he's got a little belly. Made me feel better. Made Did everybody it? feel a little better about themselves. Patrick Holmes takes his shirt off you know? and you're not like, dear God, you're the most talented quarterback in the NFL. And you're also just shredded. <laughs> also, I, you know how it's like two things aren't created equal. Like sometimes you're like that guy's a little bigger. You're like, do you know how much stronger <laughs> oh, and in shape? Yeah, of course they are than us, than of you, course. than me. Yeah, I don't think anybody's making, any of us in between. I don't think anybody's making that argument. Yeah, <laughs> no one's gonna tell him to cut out the Coors Lights just because, <laughs> you know. And I just think that that's an un, I think unfortunate it's a bad for angle him too. Un, yeah, unflattering angle. <laughs> I think it's a tough angle to overcome. You had mentioned earlier in the show to start it that somebody had a suggestion for how we change Super Bowl Sunday. Are you down with what Dan Patrick had to say on his show yesterday? Well, first, let me explain what he said, or I let, let you hear what he said, because I'm, I'm down with the reasoning. I'm not so sure it's the solution, though. Something to think about when it comes to when the Super Bowl is played. If we have two weeks in between conference title games and the Super Bowl, how about we play the Super Bowl on the Saturday instead of the Sunday two weeks after the AFC-NFC title games. Who's with me? Everybody. Yes. Wouldn't it be great that you have all of this time so both teams get plenty of rest, Saturday is the Super Bowl, Sunday you get to recover. Paulie? I think you will get unanimous support. Once you get over the stupid awkwardness of removing the phrase Super Bowl Sunday, which will bother me for about three minutes, the idea that you could be Saturday Put the game even a little bit later start. It doesn't have to be 6.15. It could be 7. Mm-hmm. People could have parties, stay out later, not worry about running home and being at work the next day. Mm-hmm. You would, I think you'd find almost unanimous support for that. So I don't hate it. I really don't. I, I don't hate it. It's definitely, like you said, for a second it would be weird to say Super Bowl Saturday, but whatever. If that, over time, I'll get used to that o- in about o- a year. O- over time, we get used to that. I don't think you even need to do this, though. Like I, I don't hate the idea, but that's not even needed. We can either go ahead and do it now, or we can just wait for the next CBA. So in, what, six years? And all of a sudden, there will be likely an 18-week NFL schedule. Okay. So 19, or 18 game, but 19-week schedule. And do you think it's just going to fall on President's the schedule, day. just everything backs up anyway, and we still have the two-week. And all of a sudden, the Super Bowl is the day before President's Day anyway, and a majority of people have that day off. Or not a majority, a lot of people have that day off. I'm also like, I've told you this one doesn't bug me personally as much anyway, because I always figure we're doing a show the day after the Super Bowl. So I I, like for what we do for a living. So if they play Saturday, I like to look out for every other person. I I think most people would like not to have to go to work, especially when your team goes to the Super Bowl, but just in normal circumstances, that's a busy day. Carrington. I saw his suggestion on Twitter, (laughs) which was just to move a federal holiday. That feels like a much bigger (laughs) challenge. He's like, this is easy. Just make president's day earlier. I'm like, Ooh, Oh, Wait, you're saying move a holiday? Yes. You want them to get Congress to move President's Day? Now, they've moved President's Day Super before. Bowl? President's Day was not always on the third Monday. I, I I did some quick checking on that, I guess. It was like 60 years ago, wasn't I it? I think in the seven, 1971 or something is when they moved it to the current setup that it is. But yes, this, if your suggestion is don't move the Super Bowl, move the federal holiday. There's way easier things to do. Just, I think just Saturday wait until move. Saturdays. You know why Saturday's great? You already get two weeks off anyway. So by the time the game kicks off, you're already chomping at the bit. You don't need that extra day. Mm-hmm. The teams don't need that extra day. There's enough media stuff. There's all the circus stuff. You yeah. get everything in. What do you really get set? Like, I, I've covered multiple Super Bowls now. What yes. coverage do you get on Saturday of the Super Bowl? Like, is there any juice with it? No. There's no, like, press conferences with new clips. There's not, like, specials running. No. It's just Saturday is the day of rest. 
before Sunday's big show. So why not just get to the, reason, the show? The Saturday seems like the logical choice. I get, but I, I think just waiting till the NFL already is bumping it back to begin with, because I think a lot of people would rather have a Monday off anyway. Right, because like Saturday, is it nice that Sunday you would not have to, you could stay out late Saturday and not have to work Sunday? Sure, but what if I told you you could leave it on Sunday and you're not working Monday either? That actually is a real possibility here in a few years when the CBA is up and they likely extend the season to begin with, and so they're not going to even have to move anything. It's just like just, everything's going to work out. Definitely don't need to move the federal holiday out of the way. <laughs> just out of curiosity, is does anybody know of any sport in the world that gives them like a federal holiday after a sporting event? Like in a country where soccer is really popular. You mean adding a new federal holiday? Yeah, or just, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, because that's the other choice here. Let's just make the day after the Super Bowl a federal holiday, right? I mean, let's just. I don't think they, they don't add a day, but Boxing Day in England for like soccer is particularly a big deal, but they all play on Boxing Day. It's like, it's like, like playing on Christmas yes. Day. That's yeah, different. It's like yeah. Thanksgiving. They, they, yeah. they make it into a big deal where people on their day off can go to the soccer matches. Also, the, as the Twitch and the tech center pointing out, the worst thing to do with the Super Bowl is like, what if we just got the federal government involved in all of this? No, thanks. I'm not interested. They're already involved yeah. in college football too much. And a lot of people also mentioning like not a ton of people get President's Day off. That's their argument for why they want to move it to Saturday. Not every company does that, right? We obviously know it's federal holiday, so banks and stuff automatically. Like our company, President's Day is actually a company holiday for us. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, you know, if, if they moved it back, we already know, like we will work the day after the Super Bowl if they did that. Like, yeah, it is, really what, it, it is what it is. Yeah. So I don't I mean, know. I like, guess I could I, just I, say. Like I said, I told uh, the, the the logic behind Dan Patrick's suggestion of Saturday makes sense. I'm I'm not against it. I wouldn't hate it. I I just think we probably don't have to change anything because in a couple of years the season's going to be a one week longer to begin with, and it'll it'll just work naturally itself take out. care of itself. It'll work itself out. Yeah. I do. Th- I've gotten used to the NFL on Saturday thing. Where if you had told me this ten years ago, I'd have been like, "Absolutely not." The NFL is a Sunday thing. You know, I want it to I be Sunday, care. and then make the Monday the holiday. Where you know, college football, of course, the championships on a Monday. It should be on a Saturday as well. I, I, I like the symmetry. Where I, I don't know what you would name the holiday. I guess on the say they made Monday a holiday after the Super Bowl. What the heck would you yeah, name just it? Hangover Super Monday. Just hangover, hangover, Monday. hangover day. Super Monday. <laughs> Super Federal Monday. Holiday. Super Monday. We're Americans and we love football. Super Monday. Enjoy your day off after the Super Bowl. I don't think that's going to happen. No, probably not. Yeah. We'd be working, and then people who have real important jobs would be working. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not fair to say. You're saying the people that have presence day off aren't working important jobs? They work for the banks and post office? Nah, yeah, those aren't, those aren't important jobs. Banks? Far more important than ours. Uh Far more important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not. Ours ours are at the bottom of the list. Ours is like one of the least. I was saying people would be working are people like us who have unimportant jobs. And post offices and people who have important jobs. Not for one day. It's fine. Uh, Of course, you ship your package out on Tuesday. No, no. like EMTs are important every day. I need them working no matter what. Well, obviously, I think that's what I meant by important jobs. Goes without saying. I care about first responders. It goes goes without. It goes without saying. As in, they work on every holiday. If all of a sudden your mailman starts leaving the mail on the concrete sidewalk instead of in your mailbox, then maybe they, you know, that they heard the. There was a time during the snow. I think the mailman just straight up stopped showing. I think I got mail for like a week straight. He's like, I'm not. I'm not going to your house. So oh, you just skip, you skip, skip the route. It's fine. I mean, I don't get enough important mail for it to matter. So, the, the important things I get come via email. I pay all my bills online, right? So it's not like yeah, not getting those anymore. I can wait for whatever thing I ordered off Amazon <laughs> showing up a couple days later. All right, coming up next, though, let's get back in and talk about Patrick Mahomes and how he actually performs inside of some of these stadiums, like the one they'll be playing in on Super Bowl Sunday. 